0: You're listening to The Rocking Parenthood Show on Little Rockers Radio. Today we're looking at baby led weaning. What is it? How do we know when our baby is ready? And why is it important? To find out these things, we are talking to Emily from Kanga Training and Little Bites Nutrition. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Now, can we start off with a simple question? What is baby-led weaning?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's a way that you can introduce food to your little one, um, and it's not to be confused with the um, introduction of finger foods um, once you've already started puree and stuff like that. So a lot of parents get confused because it does involve giving your little one solids, Um, But the difference between baby-lead weaning and other forms of um, giving them solids is you give a child solids from their very first food with baby-lead weaning. So it can be a bit of a scary concept for people who haven't heard about it before.
0: Mm. And that was actually my initial reaction as well, to tell you the truth, because my children, they're older now and it's not something I did or had even heard about, um, I think, at the time. So w- what is the common concern for parents, the fact that it is whole food and how do you get around that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, a little bit about baby lead weaning it was actually the outcome of um, some research that they did in the UK, and the name is Jill Rapley. So she developed the concept back in the early 2000s, so I think it was around 2003 1 well, or 2003 that it came about. Uh, and they looked at kind of why we feed children the way we do um, and what kind of nutrients they need, and they were trying to look at um, whether um, our traditional way of pureeing foods was the best way that you can introduce um, solids to a child. And they they looked at really, you know, we, when we feed children food before six months, they have a curved spine, so um, it has it literally has to be pureed if you're going to feed a child that can't sit up straight and hold their head straight. Mm. Um, but then we looked at um, the fact that children that start at four months with puree um, progress through to lumps, and then they get onto finger foods by about six months. we started questioning if you're starting a child at six months do you actually need to puree their food is there a a need to do that Um, and the answer they come up with is no you don't actually have to to puree their food there's no reason why you're not really teaching them anything the whole reason why you work back up through lumps is because you've got to teach them to manage um, lumpy foods because you've just taught them to swallow food so when you when you introduce solids to a child at six months they typically won't um, you know, bite off a big bit and chew it up and swallow it because they don't really know what food is yet. They kind of spend a lot of time sucking it and using building their oral skills around moving it around their mouth before they even swallow it. So mm. it's a bit anticlimactic for a lot of parents.
0: Yeah, because the worry is um, the worry is there. So you mentioned a few there, uh, but what are some of the key indicators that your baby is ready? Yep.
1: So a lot of the indicators are the same no matter how you're going to feed your little one. So. With with children, you want them to be at or around six months old. So that recommendation changed many, many years ago for all children. Um, no matter how you're going to feed them, you want them to be at or around six months old. Um, we know that the enzyme that children need to break down proteins doesn't develop until somewhere between four and six months. Um, and you want to make sure that they've got that enzyme before you start feeding them the foods from a um, kind of a health perspective. Um, so the safest way is to wait till they're at or around six months. Um, mm-hmm. You want their tongue thrust reflex to have disappeared. So that little instinct that they've got to push foods will push anything that's thicker than, you know, milk forwards out of the mouth. Um, so you want that to have disappeared. Um, and that happens somewhere between four and six months. Um, And the way parents can test for that is they can just put their finger down on the bottom lip of their little one and just check whether the tongue moves forward or not. Um, And a sure bet is if you're trying to put food in their mouth and, you know, if you're giving them puree food and they're spitting it out, that's a a good bet that it's still there. Um, You want children to be able to to grasp food, to reach for it and pick it up and bring it to their mouth themselves. So you never want to be holding food up. If you're doing baby bed weaning, you don't want to be holding it. For them to bite, or um you want them to be able to do it themselves, um you want them to be beginning to make chewing movements. A lot of parents mistake this for their child being hungry. they um, wow. oh, say my child was so hungry, I had to give them food. They're just mimicking you, so they're watching like everything they learn to you know they learn to get up and and crawl and walk, and they learn to talk from us, so they also learn to eat by watching us, so if they see us chewing. You want them to be sitting with little to no support. So, in some circles where they talk about baby learning, they'll say they have to be able to sit completely independently. Um, That's not entirely correct. You want a child to be able to sit with little to no support and have a straight spine. Um, and that's from a safety perspective. So if, you know, if you've got a child who's at or around six months old, they're showing all the other readiness signs. Um, if they're in their high chair and you pop a little towel around their sides just to give them a little bit more support, but they've got a really straight spine and that kind of spine up near the top of their neck where their head is, is nice and straight, then, um, that meets that requirement because it's a safety thing. You want them, if they're going to be eating solid foods, to have a straight pathway down to their stomach and not to be slouched, um, or reclined at all, so really mm-hmm. a safe thing. Um, so a lot of those readiness signs are still the same readiness signs that you would be looking for in a child that was you were going to do puree food with as well.
0: Yeah, so for someone who's listening, their baby is at or around six months, so they're looking at introducing um, solids or, or starting to feed. There's baby-led weaning, which they may not have um, thought of before and which is, I guess, enticing because they don't have to puree the food. And the other option which w- they would be well aware of is pureed food what do they do? Do they do a combination or why would you choose baby lead weaning over pureed food? Look, and I, as a
1: nutritionist, um, I would say it's not important to choose baby led weaning for baby led weaning's sake. It's important to choose what suits your family. Um, right. At the end of the day, all children end up in the same place by around 10 to 12 months old. Mm. Um, there's a few benefits to every method um, and you've really got to look at what suits your family. So, um, for for parents who choose baby led weaning a lot of us do it because um it's easier it fits in with our lifestyle a lot better um, you know taking food off your own plate and giving it to your child can be easier than spending time in the kitchen preparing purees especially if you're a family that wants to go out and eat out with friends and family and things like that um you don't have to think about um making sure you're prepared with pureed foods because when you get there you can choose um food that um, is low in salts, so you benefit yourself, and then you can feed it to your child off your plate as well. A lot of parents think that, you know, um, baby live weaning, um, they worry about gagging and choking and stuff like that, but all of the peer-reviewed research shows that the um, choking risk is the same no matter how you start your child on foods. Oh, nice. um, so whether you do pureed foods or whether you do um, baby lip weaning or solids from the start, the choking risk is exactly the same. And I guess coming back to some of those benefits of why you would choose it, the positives would be we know that it decreases the, um, the chance of a child overeating if they're in control of their food. Um, so if we can trust in them to know when they're full and when they're not full, um, they learn to regulate their appetite a little bit sooner. Uh, we know that, you know, 67% of Australians are obese or overweight. And we know that children um, can get into those categories as early as 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that if we can help them to have a healthy relationship with food sooner, and that means giving them control over what they eat sooner, they can learn to make healthier choices when they're old. Because at some point you've got to take the training wheels off. Um, yes. And for a lot of families, that's why they choose baby-led weaning, so that they really do trust from the start which can be really hard to do because we're all ingrained, to, you know, follow those little um books that you get, you know, that you've got to track their weight and from day one you're worried about them putting on weight and then suddenly we are going to give control to them over that. That can be really mm-hmm. hard for some parents, but it can be a great thing to do as early as possible um, and to start trusting them and seeing them, um, you know, learn for themselves and take control of that. Uh, It does increase the risk of fussiness. It doesn't eliminate it. Lots of families still fall into a few traps um, and they end up with fussy children and they say, oh, you know, that's a big myth. But we know that statistically the chance of a child being fussy is reduced um, if they start via the baby-lead weaning method um, because they learn what foods look like and they associate the flavours with those foods. Um, They typically have a wider range of foods that they're offered because they're eating family foods. Um, not someone who's prepared, you know, a batch of 24 of the same thing and that child gets yeah. the same thing every day for, you know, two weeks. Um, and they get that appreciation for family flavours from day one. So they get the family spices. You know, you're not ending up. I remember when my mum was, um, you know, mothering me and when we had tacos, she used to have to cook a spicy meat mix and then a non-spicy one for us because we just didn't want spice, um, because we'd never been raised with that.
0: That's so true. And you do do that. The food is blander. So I did that with my kids, obviously. And then they were fussy until they were a little bit older and developed a little bit more, because I kept it bland. And when I introduced solids, they still ate well, but it certainly um, didn't have the extra flavours. And they didn't like the extra flavours until they were, you know, like nine years old. Yeah, yeah. And I think
1: we need to remember that when we're pregnant, they're exposed to all of those flavours to a certain extent, and then if, if you know if we um, breastfeed, they're also exposed to those flavours through the breast milk. So they're not a stranger to them. Um, it just seems to be when we introduce foods, if we don't continue to give them to them, they lose that taste for those flavours. So it's harder to reintroduce them. Whereas if you continue on just offering you know spicy foods or herbed foods and things like that, they, they continue to have that flavour for them because they already kind of know what it is.
0: Yeah, okay. So for someone who is looking at introducing baby-led weaning, what are some things they need to be mindful of? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so we know that um, a child that ha- is um, exposed to foods through baby-led weaning tends to have a higher iron intake because they're eating foods, well-balanced foods off the family plate. Um, but we do know that kids that are um, eating family foods are exposed to higher levels of salt so salt's probably one of the few things that I'm really um, serious about when it comes to kids. Uh, they they get all of their salt intake from milk, and so they don't need additional salt. Um, nice. And it puts extra pressure on their kidneys. Um, it makes them excrete, you know, when they've got a lot of salt in their kidneys, they um, need to excrete it. We do that in our urine. Um, it can put pressure on the kidneys, but it also can make kids dehydrated, trying to get, get rid of it as well. Um, and we know that because um, family foods are just a little bit higher in salt, uh, even you know when we don't um, add it, uh, we do know that kids who do badly breeding winning are a little do get a little bit more. So we do need to be conscious of that. Things like um, Vegemite, you know, toast, stuff like that are, are really high in salt. Um, so just being a little bit more conscious of that, and it can be a great time to make a change as a family. If you don't have the healthiest. Um, you know, family foods already, it can be a time when a lot of families actually um, have a bit of a reality check with what they're ingesting as a family and make a choice to
0: change that too. So it can yeah. be a good thing for the whole family. Yeah, of course. So for people who are, are wanting to find out more, where can they go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I run some um, intro to solid sessions. So I run them um, as a public event that people can book into or I go out and I can be booked by mothers group. There's a few other community organisations that, that run similar type sessions. So having a look online in your local area can be really good. There's also a baby led weaning Australia Facebook group. Um, I'm one of the administrators for that. We've got almost 20,000 members in there. Oh, wow. Um, yep. yeah, it's a great place if you've got a few family members who, um, kind of question what you're doing, because it is a really new, relatively new way of feeding your child. Um, it can be great to like, you know, add in your mother-in-law, your grandma, your husband, so they can, See what it's all about and become you know familiar with it, and see there are a huge number of people doing it. It's mixed whether it gets talked about. I, it was talked about when I went to my maternal health service um, sessions and my maternal health nurse talked about it and recommended it to me. But I know some councils don't. It really, recom- you know, as with everything in the, that kind of forum, it really depends on that person's value system um, and what they kind of as a collective in that community have decided is important for the mum to hear or not. And if you haven't been exposed to it, it can be a really hard to get your head around. Um there's a baby-led weaning book by Jill Rapley, who was instrumental in developing the approach, which is a great It's kind of um, what a lot of everything's been based around. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I should That's a bit of a pun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, there's a few, you know, read the book. It's got some great lessons in there, but then, you know, take what you need from the book and then apply it to your own life. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm always available for private consults.
0: Okay, and what's your website?
1: Um, so my website, um, my kind of parent company, because I deal with adults as well, is uh, Lifespan Nutrition. So it's www.lifespannutrition.com.au. Um, but on Facebook, you can find me at Little Bites Nutrition.
0: Okay, so just to confirm again, lifespannutrition.com.au or on Facebook, Little Bites Nutrition. Or you can also hop on and join the Baby Lead Weaning Australia Facebook group if you search for that. It's a hugely interesting topic. Thanks so much for joining us today to talk about it. Thanks for having me. That was Emily from Kanga Training Australia and Little Bites Nutrition talking to us about baby led weaning. This interview has been done in partnership with Kanga Training Australia who are supporting Little Rockers Radio and our social impact causes. Little Rockers Radio is an online radio station for children from birth to six. We play songs, nursery rhymes, story time, yoga, meditation and more through the day and lullabies right through the night. We're a social enterprise with 70% of our station profits from our partners going back to charity. We also run super cool fundraising campaigns like the Little Rockers Red Nose Disco and help to raise funds for our charity partners. To date, over $120,000 has been raised in support. Our vision, every child safe, healthy and happy. You can find out more at littlerockersradio.com.au or download any of our apps. We're available on Android, iOS, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio and any way that you can listen to internet radio. Thanks for listening.